This is High Decibels. Live music recaps in New York City and beyond. Hey, you people, you're listening to High Decibels, an NYC-based live music podcast. We check out the artists we love in New York City venues and beyond and report back to you. I'm Marlia. And I'm James. And this song is Rumble by Link Ray as covered by Yonatan Gat, who we saw at The Dance on Thursday, January 9th, and who we'll be talking about today. But before that, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and look for us on Reddit at High Decibels Pod for clips, picks, discussions, and more. Also, so follow and subscribe on Spotify, SoundCloud, and Apple Podcasts. And if you give us a rate and review on Apple Pod, that'd be great because uh, that actually helps us tremendously on that platform. You start to see stats better, and they actually uh, perks you up on on searches uh, easier that way if you guys can give us a couple of those. So that'd be really, really appreciated. I just want to echo that one-man chorus about how important that truly is, that if you are listening, uh, hitting the subscribe button, again, that's really helpful for to, to us. Uh, those ratings are tremendously helpful to us. So, uh, so please do that. Um, thank you so much. And uh, as always, we offer the opportunity for you to executive produce an episode if you would like to do that. And that means that we will cover a show in the uh, New York City tri-state area of your choosing. You get us those tickets. We will recap the show. If you're coming to the show, you're welcome to be a guest on our episode. Uh, You could call in, come in, uh, record with us, read off some notes. Maybe you don't want to be on at all. I feel like I'm about to sneeze. Um, Hopefully I don't actually sneeze into the microphone. Uh, Anyway, yeah, so... uh, you know, maybe maybe you're not even out here in New York and, and, and you don't get to see uh, shows out to where you are or you can't leave the house or whatever your your issue is. We, I feel for you. Um, but, uh, yeah, we'll cover a show. We're happy to do that. We'll even do it outside of the tri-state area. But, you know, that's yeah, going to well, cost some. Right. <laughs> so uh, I hope you enjoyed our little intro there. Usually it's uh, something we play for laughs. In this case, it was a, uh, Just a, moment that we a uh, crazy moment yeah. while we were uh, at our show. Um, I call it the Eva soundtrack, and we'll mm-hmm. explain it. Anyway, um, before we kind of, like, get into things, um, I just I personally would just like to revisit uh, – just a couple of things that I talked about last time when we uh, did the Nora on Pure episode. And uh, one thing that I found was that, and I remember saying this about how I was uh, a bit disappointed. Um, and the way that I put it was, I was like, I didn't, I didn't hear the hits or what, whatever. And you didn't uh, hear the songs that you were expecting right. to hear. And exactly. And, uh, you know, I got a little bit of uh, heat for that online about um, how it's like, you know, what are you expecting, you know, from a mainstream festival? Did you didn't hear the hits like 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 I was an idiot. But here's here's what I was really getting at is it it was like, yes, I wanted to hear those songs, but I wanted to hear her style. 
Mm-hmm. And and okay, so I found this article online, and I'm not bonkers. Uh, it kind of ends here. It's off this site called cron.com, and it kind of ends here with where it says, "Well, Nora Ampere's DJ sets are more beat heavy and not as intensely melodic as her recorded music, and so on and so forth." But that's kind of like the point that I'm making mm. was that it sounded nothing like her recorded music, and I. Uh, I didn't know that that's what I was getting into. Yeah, I didn't know fair. that. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Now, I know that, like, you know, there's liberties taken. Like, when we went to see Crystal Method, the music was, uh, you know, that we saw live. He messed around with it. He didn't just play songs no. just like they were in the album. I wasn't expecting that. I wasn't expecting, like, some sort of recreation of what I hear on an album. But I definitely got a sense of, like, the Crystal Method sound. Same with Chemical Brothers. Same um, with even, like... Uh you know, other artists that we've seen, like Charlotte Dewey, Alice in Wonderland. Uh, Bonobo? You know, Bonobo, yeah. It's like you, we at least knew what we were getting Right. Into I was like with Alice in Wonderland. There. Now, she, did she and, play a lot of and, other people's stuff? Yes. And but sure, I, maybe that's not on, on, maybe that's on us for not having done the research to yeah. see what Nora and Pure's DJ sets are like. But, you know, we're, we're not the most well-versed within the EDM world. We, we can't cover fans. everything. We, we, yeah. we, we can't, don't know everything We can't about know it. everything because right. we cover everything. Right. It's like I, uh, there are people that know this shit because their genre is EDM in general. Right. I like EDM. I honestly lean more rock and indie, though. That That is yeah. what I prefer. That's what I follow more. Now, would I be able to say, like, oh, yeah, this band, they sound like this, but then when they play live, maybe they play XYZ. Yeah, I could probably say that, but for somebody like most of these DJs, I really can't, and I'm really just giving you an, a, 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 the impression of somebody that enjoys this thing but isn't necessarily super uh, uh, inundated with it or well-versed in it. And I guess, you know, now that I know that, I'm like, great, so now I know because this wasn't like, and that article's pretty old. It's a mm-hmm. few years old, so this is kind of clearly what her DJ sets are typically like. And I, you know, and I wish that I had known this ahead of time because I probably, I probably still would have gone just to give it a shot. But now it, that it's sort know. of been confirmed, I gotta be honest with you, I'm probably not gonna seek her out again because what I really enjoy are her recordings. And if I'm not, not what you got there yeah okay so i heard two Mm -hmm. which you know in retrospect you know unfortunately at the time of recording the episode i couldn't remember the names of them but listening back was like oh i know these songs they were newer songs and i was just like but you remember when we were at the show it's like oh you hear this melodic piano going on top this is what i'm looking for if i wanted to hear thump 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 i can literally go in any room of any part of Avant Gardner sure. and see any DJ and hear exactly that, unless it's a you know dubstep night. But I was just like, that is literally what any any house DJ can just play thump thump thump. Right. You know that what you were my whole for. reason to see her is because for for what she does that's different. So you know now I know. So sorry if anyone thinks that 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 was like uh, a very basic you know? basic bitch of me. But again, you know, when I said the hits, I guess what I what I really meant was that that I was looking to hear her signature sound and I heard very little of it. And and I was disappointed because I had encouraged my friends to come and uh, I didn't feel like they got a sense of it, unfortunately. Not to say that I will say I, I still enjoyed it. I'm yeah. gonna throw that out there, and not the. Yeah. Uh, I know you said you wouldn't seek her out again. Given the opportunity, I'd still see her again because I still had a really good time dancing to her music that she played. Yeah. Well, I'm glad that you had a good time. Yeah. Um, so, don't, so don't worry about that. Yeah. But you know, it's it's uh it's too it's too, it, it, in my mind it's a shame 
because she is so unique in her recorded music. Mm. To, to the other point that I wanted to address was um, we also got a comment about uh, how a lot of underground DJs are, are very uh, dismayed or whatnot. Which, uh, by not, the way... Not, I, I love that term. Who the fuck are the underground DJs? I, I have no you idea. Know? But like un- this, this unhappy comment. And again, we're well. We're, let me say what, what it was about. Comment, let me say right, what it was about. On, sure. The comment was about Middle Beast. That's yeah. what I'm trying to say. The comment was about Middle Beast, and um, I presumably these underground DJs are not the ones that were actually playing there, i.e., Saudi DJs, who I'm sure were pleased as punch right. to actually finally have the opportunity to be. Literally, they were probably literally underground, like playing in yeah, basements right. and, and shit. And in other countries, like Anna said, like our friend said, specifically they had gone to other countries. They were, you know, hiding they were doing these yes. shows because they were very, very illegal. Yes. And for them to have the opportunity, it probably meant a lot. And yes. for the people of Saudi Arabia to have the opportunity to do that probably meant a lot. Now, you know? I think what the complaint was was that this is putting a Band-Aid on, like, the very serious uh, social problems that Saudi has. However. Fair. Those problems are very big. Mm. They're very deep rooted. Right. And they can't just go away because we want them to. And uh, and the point is, and the reason we were talking about that is this is still a very big sudden step. Yeah. It's not enough. And it's not the steps that we want, but it's still a very big, very sudden step. Is like I said, you know, it's specifically like, wow, that seems like a very new thing for somebody that's just allowing music into the country to hold a full festival like that. It's a good thing if you let it be a good thing. Is it good enough? Of course not. Like it's not going to be good enough. Well, see, I'm not sure where this where these comments are coming from, but I'm guessing that uh a lot of it is um Americans and and I noticed this like in my own in my own friends is that people, people want well they want change and they want it immediately yeah. and it doesn't work that way okay yeah. this country this Saudi Arabia like like our friend said she was just like a lot of people want change she's like but everyone was afraid to make that first step and mm. then this like powerful prince was the one who did this thing but here's the thing you guys when you want to make change sometimes there are more subtle and clever routes to take than listen i'm all for getting in the streets and protesting i've done it but you can go a long way with charming entertaining people and yeah. making them laugh i'm telling you okay because uh or just you know, allowing art to flourish where see, it never was allowed to before similar to the approach of using humor in order to get your point across is that using culture and using entertainment can be a way to slowly change minds and that little small step gives people the courage to take bigger steps to deal with the bigger problems but i just don't think that tackling the giant is uh is the way to go my feeling is that you gently pull on his shoelaces so he trips his fucking self this is this is what i think okay and uh you know in terms of uh the uh, the other thing complaint that i saw about this festival aside from it you know being this band-aid and masking the real problems in saudi and blah 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 was the uh the uh harassment uh the sexual harassment at this festival which our friend anna talked about which was like a legitimate problem and i don't excuse it and i don't think it's okay um again you've got people who have a long way to go who've been repressed for a long time they there there's a lot to learn 
And when I said to Anna that she should spearhead the official national Saudi Arabia plur committee, I was like kind of only half joking. I was like, these people really need to learn how concerts work and that you can't do that. You know what I mean? Me, But it was just kind of like, you know, they put out this thing and uh, and that's a start. And, and I certainly hope that something grows from that so that people can learn. Because listen, there was a time where I went to concerts and was groped, you know, before that became sort of a conversation where you know it was like you you can't do that you know what I mean and maybe it's on maybe the artists to like uh, say that to the crowd like you can't just grab people but uh, I do think that those things will come in time I do not think that they're going to come to people as soon as they would like sorry the impossible will take a little while I think that was Billy Holiday that said that right fair enough I believe so Uh, so just wanted to address that Still uh, still supportive Middle Beast and also things getting better in the Middle East. Um, all right, so we're going to get into uh, this show now. Again, this was Yonatan uh, uh, Gat. Uh, and before, before we go into that, maybe we should talk about, uh, well, you introduced me to him. And uh, you had found him just kind of like the searching just, just looking unusual sure. acts. Yeah. And we, we saw him. Yeah. Uh, it elsewhere right yeah so this is a couple of, what was it three years ago probably yeah I, I discovered so this is really one of those things where i was had not so uh not too far long away from having just moved to brooklyn mm-hmm. and you know when i was in uh living upstate i had enjoyed finding like local gems that nobody else knew about so i'm like all right i'm in brooklyn now there's got to be even cooler shit than i found up there so i googled it honestly and i just came up with lists of like you know, hidden gems in Brooklyn, hidden gems in New York City. And this one guy kept coming up, Yonatan Gat. And he was described as an experimental guitarist, you know, he's uh, uh, from Israel. And he, you know, uh, the whole backstory with him is that he had this band in Tel Aviv uh, that uh, was just so rowdy for specifically for Tel Aviv that they got banned from every single concert venue in the entire city so they're like all right well we're breaking up and yonatan was like cool i'm gonna fuck off to brooklyn and so he's basically been here for the last decade or so and just sort of doing shows in brooklyn making his own kind of music that he likes um and when i had discovered that and i read that story i'm like okay i find that really really interesting i listened to it it was music that i found really really interesting and i'm i'm uh, stopping myself from gushing about the music because we're gonna get into right. it, right? Um, but we've seen him before. We is have. The point. So what 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 happened was I discovered like, hey, ten dollars I could see this guy, and oh my god, on a goddamn rooftop. So I'm like, who's the one person that I knew was fucking weird enough to go see somebody like this? But but Mar. Yeah. So I turned to her and like, hey, let's get tickets to this and let's go. It's it's elsewhere rooftop. So yeah. So we'll explain like kind of like his sound later and whatever. But but just you know, so you know, it's like we walked into this having seen him before. Mm-hmm. That being said, knowing what to expect, which right. is important. <laughs> but but uh, but but you do, but and you don't, and we'll yes. get there. But. Uh, it's always a different thing with this guy. We were also being brought into a venue that we've never been in before. Right, which, which is cool. It's called The Dance. And The Dance is on Lafayette Street. Uh, and this the, that's in Manhattan. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Near Washington Parks so are pretty easy to get to. You get the 8th Street NYU by the R. There's the Astor Place stop. If we're talking about trains to get there, uh, you take a F is not far from 2nd half. So there's plenty of ways to get there. This is super centrally located, yeah. which 
for, in my opinion, it was very odd, and and we'll talk about it when we walk into the venue, which we have not mm-hmm. done yet in our sort of narrative here. It is very different from... Uh, it's the kind of venue you would expect to see in Brooklyn. Mm. You would not expect to see it in Manhattan. Manhattan has really commercialized. It's just a big suburb now. Right. So to find a venue like this. It still feels really underground. And, and, and literally very, very is. artsy. Yeah, it is literally underground, but it still f- has that feel to it. And it feels very artsy, which yes. fits the thing. You wouldn't expect something so uh, avant-garde to, to, to be right in the middle of the village. At least not in 2020. Not in this know? year. Yeah, this, yeah. this Maybe you would Maybe see this in the so this is what it is you guys and and i highly recommend that you just go and check out and see what's playing at the dance if you want a night that's a little bit different and right. your mind is open to checking out access and when and i say this i'm talking about the back room we'll talk about the front room in a bit but the back room is where the, the shows are happens, yeah. that's where the magic and, happens it's gonna be weird and stuff. they do all kinds of things because obviously like i mentioned before the one we're talking about is jazz with everything else very avant-garde what we're about to talk about but they also have this band called the waves like earlier uh, i know i've heard of yeah, waves. two v's yeah so it's like surf rock waves and so they do different stuff there they they played there like the 30th so right before new year's oh so so they and i kept looking back on their instagram some of the acts they got so for every like interesting weird avant-garde act they would also have a cool uh i guess like alt rapper alt rock which is i'm using the term alt very very generally as like weird rock that you don't expect not mainstream rock so they, so they have all kinds of things but you're not going to get something uh you're not going to get something too what's the word i'm looking for too um palatable too accessible is the word i'm looking for everything's going to be a little weird and you have to be a fan of weird music or that type of music to like what's going to be there is basically what i'm seeing online and it's uh it's uh listen even even if you're like uh i'm not sure about weird music just going into the space mm-hmm. for for that alone uh do it's it like 10 15 bucks and like, also the yeah the drink yeah. drink prices are reasonable yeah that's so yeah, we're we'll walking there. down right. the stairs and yeah it's just like if you want to just go drink there so walk down the stairs uh no check-in process at all which no. was fantastic which sort of surprised didn't me even so uh, interestingly him, i brought uh i have a vinyl of this guy of his first album um and i brought it along to get it signed and i, I had it in a bag and they didn't even ask me to open up the bag. No, the they had. They, they didn't did, give a shit. Gave no fucks. Yeah, there was nothing. Uh, so anyway, so you go down. Okay, so the first room is like it's a bar, and anyone can go in there. I don't think there's. Is there a cover to go into that? No, section? they just check. I don't IDs. think there is. And they, they mark it on your wrist if you're at risk if you're twenty. So it's like this greenlit room with like these sort of silver mylari things hanging down. I looked at pictures, by the way. It's not always exactly like the way we looked at it. They change up the look of this room, but oh. as of when we were down there. It was greenlit and looking like this. So just to give you an idea of what we were looking at, but it was right. like pretty basic in terms of uh, the decor. Pretty, pretty much a, a, a blank canvas that you just splash some light on and yeah. hang some shit and done. A little clubbier Manhattan bar. Right. Really. Right. So, uh, yeah. Um, so there's that front bar. Uh, yeah. So the staff is fine, if not maybe mm-hmm. a little bit flaky. Yeah, they um, just like, I don't know, they didn't, didn't care out. all that much. Honestly, yeah. it just looked like they were just there and like. You know, we so we go to you know like because like when I went to the main room to to get a drink, it was like at first there was just nobody there, nobody there to do drinks. Right. So I was like okay, but eventually uh, someone uh, did uh, show up. So um, we walk into this room uh, to get a uh, what was it a twenty two dollar double of uh, buffalo yeah. trace, which was which is pretty good. That's you know a dollar 
two or three dollars cheaper than even like a Brooklyn Steel. So okay. I'll throw that out there. So you guys, this room is really like okay, maybe not to everyone. Some people be like, oh, it's a white room, big deal. Yeah. But I actually think it was really fucking cool. Right. It's like the this, aesthetic behind it's it. It's all white. I'm not crazy because I I told you that story right where I uh, where I used to uh, go go dance at uh, Crowbar and they You've had a side that, yeah. room. Okay, so I've told you, but I haven't told the world. Go on. So I uh, the person that used to run this was sort of a, I'm not sure if I should use her name or not, but uh, sort of his nightlife impresario, quite mm-hmm. big in the 80s and 90s, and uh, so she was running this this um, side room and the and the party there, and it was you know she booked the DJ, which was her partner, so he was always the DJ, uh, and uh, the go go dancers. And uh, yeah, but he, he he was he was good at what he did. You know he 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 knew what people wanted to hear and sure, he play sure. it. And uh, so anyway, uh, she tells me how this one time she uh, you know booked a uh, ah fuck it Chichi Valente used to run Mother. <laughs> Shout Probably out. nobody has <laughs> ever heard of it anyway. It's anyway so uh so she she would you know throw these parties and uh, one of them I think was called Click and Drag. Uh, I think that was her. Anyway, the point was is that I believe it was uh, David Johansson of the New York Dolls uh, was supposed Neat. to play. And he, I, I told you this story though, right? I think so, yeah. Pretty and, sure. And he, he comes in. Oh, super fucked up, right? <laughs> he comes in and he says to Chi Chi, and mind you, this is like not her venue. She doesn't own it. She just, she's just literally the promoter. Mm. And he walks in like a diva and he's like, I want the room painted all white. Oh, the whole thing. Uh, Even if you could this, yeah. do this, the thing, the, the 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 concert was happening in like two days. And she's like, David, I I can't repaint the <laughs> right. venue for you. I don't own this but, thing. <laughs> but just completely checked out. But the point is, the moral of the story is, is all white is really fucking cool. Yeah, it's, it's like you got what he was going at. <laughs> all white is really fucking cool. Because now, mind you, can, you, it's also all white, and there's this stair in the back of the stage, this spiral staircase yes. going up, and so the aesthetic and that's where all, the bands come down from. Yeah, they come so down the, from the staircase. So it's very um, dramatic. Imagine already very like aesthetic and dramatic, and just all white, just all white. White room, and there's some benches on the side yeah. even the speaker and light systems totally white yeah it's just yeah. like i've, so, I've yeah. really never seen it like you that, never see yeah. so you never see leekos that are, they're always black they're always black 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 uh pure white and we're laughing and you'll see this on our instagram there's this line of them in the very back and and they weren't doing anything they're just kind of sitting there dormant with little red lights going Before across show, yeah. that looks sort of like a visor and i said to james i was like that's eva, eva. <laughs> and just they're all just sitting there in a line just little evas that's uh, a reference yeah, to those, wally for those who don't get seen that it. fucking watch wally what the hell is wrong with it's you? literally <laughs> the best pixar movie so well okay i don't know about that but it's so good no it's, it's the best no it's, it's the incredibles i'm sorry no you're wrong it's the incredible because it teaches us about the way we live that's nice the incredibles is still the best pixar movie you just sorry. like that one because it's funny no it's just the best one it's about family i uh, agree to, agree to <laughs> it's really important but you know that quiet. music that you heard in the beginning that's just like what a weird ambient that literally went on for like 45 minutes yes. maybe an hour that with was... 15 minutes of just a screech so that's yeah. what you heard in the beginning wasn't that fun? I bet that was fun for yeah. you. Um, so we're in this white room with these like line of Evas up there, and then there's a spiral staircase in the back, and then there's like the stage, which is also all white. And uh, you know, because it's white, the the lighting, which is kind of purplish, is sort of projected right. on the room. You guys, the space is so gorgeous. Okay, so 
here's what happened. Simplicity. So here's what happened in the beginning. So I like to make things happen. I believe in making things happen. And I knew two things. I knew number one, James is a big Yonatan Gat fan. And number two, we do not have enough pictures of James on the Instagram. Nobody wants to see my mug. Yeah, you say that, and then you get the most likes. That's so, you're so full of shit. <laughs> for your Giants thing. Oh, it's you totally blue. sitting there with the goggles. People love that photo. That's just because it was so weird. But Right, so Let's we just need to story. take better photos of you, which we did. Um, so uh, I said to James, I said, listen, um, you've got that record, and that's that's smart thinking. Mm-hmm. We also need I, to get I, a photo I brought with you. the record specifically, and I brought a marker because I knew he's a very personable guy. It's really easy to shy. go up to him. Well, he is shy, absolutely. He's a very shy but guy personable. in person. But it's very easy to go up to him. So my thought was I was just going to do it after the show because he hangs out after the show. And I was going to walk up to him and be like, hey, Mr. Gat, <laughs> please sign this for me. Mar had other plans. So I on, had other plans, and here is why. Okay, so you guys, I don't know if you look at our Instagram, but if you do, you saw that on New Year's Eve, we went to this Claptone show, which we did not uh, recap. No show. Doesn't matter, because he, he didn't show up anyway. No. Shout but, out Shiba-san, you still threw down. But uh, yeah, so I'm kind of glad we didn't. We wanted to enjoy ourselves. But here's my sort of philosophy sometimes on... You know, and, and, and it, it changes, but a lot of times I hold the philosophy where I'm just like, if you want to do something that's sort of outside of the box and a bit risky, do it early and do it when there aren't other people around who might think of doing it before you and thus exhaust the idea. And that was sort of my philosophy with that big uh, ass metal cage thing that my friend Najud and I were hanging off of, which you can Hell see yeah. on our Instagram at High Decibels Pod and James, James hung, too. hung oh. off of it. We're getting there to oh. acknowledge you. Um, was hanging off of it as well. But the point is, is that if we had waited to do that when things were more in the swing, it wouldn't have happened because 10 people would have thought of it before us, gotten kicked off, and then they would have been guarding it. But in the beginning, there was no one guarding it. And I was like, we need to do this now. And that's why we got the good photo. So my feeling was we need to approach, if possible, we need to approach... uh, Mr. Gat, ahead of time. Yonatan, can I call, can I call you Yonatan? Mr. Gat, I like Mr. Gat. <laughs> I was like, we need to approach him ahead of time because you never know what might happen later. He's going to be um, bombarded by people. We're going to take a photo and then everyone else is going to want to take a photo and that's going to annoy him that he let us take the photo, right? Because now everyone wants to fucking do it. So my feeling was let's do it while no one else is thinking to do it, if at all possible. So Mm. walk into the room and I can see him. So when you walk in on the left-hand side is there's a ladder going up to the soundboard um, and he was up there and I was like, okay, he can't be up there forever. He's going to come down. So I'm just waiting for him to, to come down. So we have our head turning and he, and then I look out of the corner of my eye and he's off the door. I'm like, ah, damn, missed him. Yeah. Yeah. We, missed miss, him. we narrowly missed him like two so or three str- times. Strut out with those, those, uh, uh, fantastic red suede shoes, sir, so if you're good. listening. Oof. Yeah. So anyway, I was like, okay, we, we, we got to catch him because you know, I just, I, I want to, I want to get that, make sure that this, this gets to happen. And uh, so then he came back the other way and I was like, you know what, I'm just going to go for it. And uh, it, it looked like he had, you know, all of 90 seconds to spare. And I explained the situation. You know, my friend's a big fan. Yep. And uh, would you be so kind as to sign his album and this? And I just I was like, let's let's do this thing. And he was so kind and and and, you know, 
I don't know, just a gracious, great, gracious man. Yeah, he was just, he yeah. seemed, he, seem, he uh, uh, clearly seems very shy in person, which you yeah. do not see on stage, by the way. But yeah. in person, he just seems like, wow, people are interested in this, you know, so and, I, and I really appreciate that. So he signed the, he signed the mm-hmm. album, which was great. And then I, you know, went for that second request, which was, you know, <laughs> well, I see, I was ideally kind of hoping that we could both be in the photo, but there really wasn't anybody around that I really trusted take to it, take yeah. a good picture. There was that one woman kind of hanging out on the corner, but she looked she out of it. Weird side, yeah. yeah. I was like, I don't, Let's I don't think real. that's a good idea. Uh-huh. Um, and I, and I, I didn't I want to take up too much time getting, getting the right. picture with him. Too, and you guys, I am a big fan and I have been for several years. You know, I bought that album that he signed when I first saw him. And, you know, I don't I'm not going to pretend that I'm the biggest vinyl nerd in the world, but I do have a decent little vinyl collection. And that is amongst my favorite ones that I own. You know, it's got it's got a meaning to me outside of, oh, I like this band and I found this vinyl uh, for four dollars in a used bin because that's usually what I do for vinyl. It was the uh, one director. Director was the album, but what I'm saying is like one of the first albums. It's one of the few albums, new albums that I've actually bought. Usually, I buy used albums because I like the treasure hunt of it, but his was, I think, the first, second one actually that I ever actually purchased as a new album. So. It's and got I, added bonus to me. And I will add that I, I already have a picture with Yonatan Gat, which maybe I'll, I'll also put yeah. on our Instagram post, uh, that I took at a show that James wasn't at. Um, so, uh, yeah, oh, just a side note, yeah, this director album, you guys, you should just so get it and just, just it uh, take some mushrooms and listen to it. It's, it's really quite something. But anyway, so we got the picture of uh, Mr. Gat and James, and I was so happy that James could finally uh, have a photo with him and uh you know have that that very that chat albeit as brief as it was and you will see that on our instagram yeah. at high decibels pod and it was really just me telling him like how much i appreciate that he was willing to do that and how yeah. much i do really like his music you know listen we're gonna we're we'll throw this out now this whole pod uh is us being huge music nerds and this act is not for everybody but i just hope that by the end of it we could kind of describe to people why we really like his music and why it means like quite a bit to both of us, I think. You right. Know, it's not just me. So, okay. So anyway, um, so when, we, when we're looking at the stage, we already recognize this isn't going to be like an uh, uh, Yonatan Gat on the floor, uh, mm. on the round. In the round. In the yeah. round type. Um, Three people. Usually a it's show. him, a bassist, a drummer. And uh, and so he'll pull, pull the lights out and then he'll stick a, a large floor lamps or like desk lamps and he'll stick them up. So it's got this really cool aesthetic for when he does in the round but it was not that kind yeah. of show and you know i have yeah. to be honest with you i was um i think probably the only reason he did it and we'll get there but but there was an opener that then participated right. in his act and i think that's why but. so we just hung out and we had a yep. little nice chat we talked about raves the the kind that actually are don't have tickets and get shut down yeah um you know, to- I talked to James about the the old school days of Roseland. Maybe some of you remember that. Kind of looked around at the crowd. A uh, bit of an avant-garde sure. guard crowd, yeah. obviously. Not a lot of people at first. Really, really sparse. sparse and then it filled up We're talking quickly. it was so casual. There was a gentleman reading a magazine yep. in the corner. Yeah. Yeah. He was really into that. We magazine. couldn't find out what it was either. I couldn't well, tell. I know. Yeah. Um, so all ages, though, uh, you know, J- you know, twenties, James's mm-hmm. age, right up to like people who appeared to be in their sixties. For sure. 
This was probably one of the, one of the most polite crowds I've ever encountered. Oh, so you had nice, nothing yeah. to worry about in terms of pushing or anything. Like this is a very like conscious crowd. They were so polite that like, and we'll get to this, but if they weren't enjoying music necessarily, they were going to pretend like they were. Sure. They're that kind of polite. They'll still clap at the end. Uh, exactly. Yeah. Okay, mm -hmm. so we had our opening DJ, uh, Jamie Branch, a lady in an unassuming champion sweatsuit. Uh, sweat I'll try that again. Hell yeah. A lady in an unassuming assuming matching champion sweatsuit. What did you find on Jamie Branch? Uh, there's a little bit on her. She is a mostly known as a jazz trumpeter and composer. And so, but specifically for this night, she was doing a sort of DJ set where she was playing, I guess we could say very jazzy ambient music for a lot of it. And then, you know, she'd do other stuff that we'll talk through. But uh, she's got a, a decent amount of clout in that sort of jazz composer world where she's got two albums where she was the lead musician on them which you know for for that world basically means you were the the main act on it uh uh she is a new she's from brooklyn and lives and has grown up on long island or has been out on long island for a long time she's a new york act which explains why she knows jonathan gatt who uh you know has been a resident of brooklyn and playing in brooklyn for several years now so not a ton of information on her but you know she's uh within her field very very well respected uh, so, okay, uh, admittedly, I had a little bit of a bias or and or PTSD from uh, that recent Gene Baker show where the gentleman yeah. played the lunchbox on the microphone. And so the first thing she does is pull up this sort of wind chime and starts, you know, waving it around in front of the microphone I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be one of those. And it was one of those. No, it wasn't. Well, it, no, it, it wasn't. was, but it wasn't. You know? She knew what she was doing. Yeah. It yeah, was just, I saw an odd instrument with odd things being done to it. And I was just like, oh, fuck. But here's what happened. I, I didn't have this quite right. Okay, so I didn't have time to research it. Um, I don't know. Maybe if I have a pause here, I could insert something. Mm. If I figure it out or put it in the show notes. But there was this artist I saw at this series that James would actually like to go with you at some point. It's called Ambient Church. You told me and about basically, that one, yeah. you guys, what this is, it's like literally a concert series that is ambient music and it is held in churches. And it is absolutely beautiful and the acoustics are perfect for this type of music um and then i so as this woman is going on i was like this is kind of what i'm watching because i remember seeing an artist ambient church where she pull an instrument play play it play a little bit you know obviously record it you know and then loop it and then she plays something else have that on record and then loop it and that's how they uh layer the music as they go creating music as they go and that's what was happening and i was like Oh, okay. So this isn't this isn't a guy playing a lunchbox. This isn't someone just trying to be weird. She's mm -hmm. legitimately creating this this ambiance uh, and this soundscapes. Uh, sort of right soundscapes. That's a good word for it. That's uh, what she's doing, and yeah. she's doing it on the spot. And I really, really, I've I, I, that is a trick that I I've seen it before, and I I always like it because uh, Kishibashi did does similar it. things. Sure, yeah. And I really, really like it when artists do that. So the chimes are recorded, and that was looped. Then she played the trumpet. Well, I will add, uh, was uh, she was very good. Yeah, uh, she's a, as a very well player, respected can, jazz trumpetist, whatever the word is. I can verify that. So trumpeter. Trumpeter. Uh, she looped it, played some more, and mm. then harmonized with her prior trumpet loop, playing, creating music on the spot that. Uh, I can understand why someone would not like it. Right. I liked it very much. Again, 
as a trumpet player, I do have a bit of a bias there. But uh, and I but I have also again I have seen this kind of thing before. This on the spot. Uh, looped, looping, uh, looping yeah, right, where they're creating layers. It's like, layers, it's, it's like Tash Sultana, only weirder, you know, is probably the best yeah. way to put it. Now, okay, so, you know, but at this point, it almost felt like, it didn't feel like a concert as much as um. it almost felt like a museum exhibition. And Yeah, it, it felt like an art show. An art, an art piece. exhibit, yeah. At, at this point, it all, it didn't almost, it felt disrespectful to be taking notes as I do during yeah. just, now, I did it anyway, because I had to, uh, but I didn't want to. It was definitely um, the type of show where you're just supposed to space into it. You know right. what I mean? You just, are supposed to. Sorry, along, I didn't do that. Be okay with it. And yeah, we were we were the assholes pulling out our phones to take videos, and we kind of were the only ones doing it. But yeah, well, we, you know, we're the only ones yeah. on the podcast. Yeah, that were there. We got a, we got a, we got a reason for it. Uh, but yeah, so this wasn't music, just just watching music be performed, and and I absolutely love this. Actually, I feel like who else? Okay, Kishi Bashi did it. I feel like somebody else that I saw recently did this, and I can't remember who it was. I mean, I've seen people do similar stuff. But I love it. I love it. I love watching the music being created on the spot. And yeah, the last time I saw it was I mean, I've seen like Robert DeLong does that. Oh, yeah. yeah, That's why I was thinking of Robert DeLong does this. Yo, shout out Robert DeLong. Check him out if you've never had it. So yeah, but this was was done in a a way that was far more atonal Mm -hmm. and not very melodic. And again, you could stick this- That's not the point. You could stick this in a museum. You weren't really meant- You might move to this- might sway to it you're not going to dance to it it's not like that kind of thing like a robert delong's show um i'm not gonna lie uh this is just an aside after going on so many dud dates with people that have nothing going on between their ears except Except netflix and brunch right it's just so refreshing to to uh just be in the presence of someone who's so fucking interesting jamie you are so fucking interesting i know you have a girlfriend but I'm sure she does. A boyfriend. I don't know. Okay, listen. Like, I don't know. But uh, she's really fucking interesting and intriguing. And like the kind of that's the kind of people I want to be sure. around. Right, right. Maybe not maybe not the most fucking Instagrammable people, but people who are fucking interesting to me. That's what I wanted to be around. Now here's okay, so here's where I uh, I am conflicted. I still am not sure how I felt about those blasts of hard bass uh, that made Avant Garde so look like child's play. She had been going for about 20, 25 minutes of this very even windy ambient sound and then this chick just hits a button or turns a knob and it goes and it's hilarious there's about three people in front of us that straight up jumped and i'm like you guys are amateurs i didn't jump at all i'm like come on i felt something was coming i felt a drop was coming i did not think it was gonna be that deep i literally turned that bitch up did you feel the wind i felt wind it felt like um it felt like the nora show when we're standing right there and she's no more because i never felt wind off of nora's base my whole body was vibrating and it was a small enough space that the whole space was vibrating yes and you could tell most of the people were not expecting it i wasn't expecting it either i'm not gonna pretend that i was like standing there going oh yeah just about to drop this deep bass here but i get apparently i'm experienced enough in this kind of thing where i didn't really flinch and i actually laughed a little bit at seeing the amount of people that well were they also didn't have earplugs in that's probably the other we thing. did yeah, yeah we're smart enough anybody listen to this get earplugs so uh, this blast of bass comes. I literally felt like a blast of air come along with it. And you could see she kind of smirked up there because yeah, she, she thought knew it what was, she was kind doing. of funny. And it was just like one of those moments where it's like I wanted to say it, it was very ambient and almost psychedelic, 
but I, which are two things that I normally like, but I can't say I was really like loving it. But I was looking around, enjoying that there was a lot of people that you were came. enjoying the discomfort I, of I other was, people. I was, I was like having fun with these people that are like, you came to see Yonatan, and I'm like, you didn't even expect this. I kind of did though. Like I know she came up there and started playing this thing, and I'm like, all right, this this fits for me because I know that Yonatan's really weird. So this stuff's really weird. But I feel like most of the people that were not expecting this at all, and especially when she started hitting that real deep bass mm. to it, yeah. and we're talking people like. Just, just all the way down and just this deep rumbling and you felt it through your whole body yeah. base that came almost out of nowhere. And you guys, not like a boom, 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 startled. like in a techno show. It's yeah, just like one boom. And just, so I was getting a kick out of people that were just clearly just, this is not for them. Because like we, I was saying earlier, this is a very polite crowd. Yeah, so and they, you, weren't they were gonna not going to show that they, right. they wouldn't be like, just get to the song. Like we see at, uh, oh God, you know, at Death Cab, you know, not that kind of thing. Like people are very, like very good at containing themselves and putting a, a filter around their words and not saying what they were thinking. Not walking out. They will stand there with plugging their but ears But you could in, see which, on you know, their face yeah. that they were, they were uh, like, this is rough. And I felt no. <laughs> compassion and James felt amusement. I was amused. So I'm sorry. Just <laughs> now, okay. You come so, to a weird fucking place like this to see a weird fucking act like this. You're going to get a weird fucking opener. And for the record, that's not even the weirdest opener that I've seen before. So, uh, but, uh, and on, on the note of that base, which I, I was trying to get to, I, I did not like it. Uh, however, I respected her sparing use of it. If that mm-hmm. makes sense. Mm-hmm. She used it to an effect and she used it, only a few times, but you would. F- I almost felt a tinge of anxiety, knowing it was coming again, but not knowing when. Uh, and I, I think you agree with me on this. She really worked as an opener for him. She absolutely did, guys. This yeah. isn't danceable stuff, no. but this is seriously interesting stuff. It truly is yeah. being like being at a museum. Oh, and at this point, I noticed there were just wires, wires fucking everywhere. I've yeah, never seen so many of, yeah. fucking wires on the floor. And this wasn't like a hardcore. Well, actually, no. The one time where uh, I saw more wires, but I think this was to effect to to uh, mimic the sort of like the uh, an, uh, an electronic music uh, version of the upside down was when I went to the no. Kyle Dixon Michael. Stein show these are the that's a, a, a prior things. episode of ours a stranger things uh music from stranger things and they're the composers and performers of that music and i saw that live uh but let me tell you this one was so fucking weird i said to james she makes uh kyle dixon and michael Stein look like the jonas brothers right right um anyway it all became uh, at this point i think people were sort of surrendering a lot of people were just like i don't know what to do they started sitting on the floor yep we started sitting on the floor, which you never see that. It all became very free. Uh, we have this. Uh, you, I hope we have a highlight on Instagram. If I did. We don't. Okay. Right, yeah. So you guys check out our highlight if the story is gone by the time you check this out. She played some real fucked up like carnival music. It was like the merry yeah. ground of your nightmares. It was so weird. And there's this video that James has got of it. And then you see my head bobbing up and down like I'm the on the uh, like merry ground. Yeah. And he has these little like merry ground emojis in there. It's pretty funny. Um, she's not making soundtracks to weird avant-garde short films. She sh- she should be, right. <laughs> especially that song. You're missing your true calling. Especially her her uh, her hit of the night, as far as I'm concerned, which was called Best "Love song. song for Assholes and Clowns." So good. That's literally what she just sings. Mm-hmm. She oh she just sings on repeat too. and it's long and hypnotic and what a great tune. Yeah, it's playing for right now underneath. And clowns. That's the whole thing. Shout out Carol was here. That's 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 all the lyrics. 
Um, we were laughing about like how most of our friends would be having a really hard time with this show at this point, you know, as much as we were enjoying it. Yeah, we were standing there talking. It's like that person would probably get this, but if we were to bring this person, they'd be miserable right However, now. However, we did agree that our friend Shemmy, Shemmy. shout out Shemmy, shout out. Uh, Two of her sisters have been on here. It's up to you to figure out who those are. Sh- uh, Shimmy uh, would uh, would definitely uh, yeah. uh, have appreciated this, uh, but we don't know too many uh, other people that would. Um, you know, I, uh, I again, I you know, I, I like you said, I was I was seeing people uh, being uncomfortable, uh, struggling to look comfortable, mm. stay woke. Um, but honestly, I enjoyed this show just because it goes to show that, you know what, anyone can be an artist. Just sure. throw some shit at the wall and see what sticks. Just put yourself out there. That's what mm. we're, we're fucking doing. Yeah, pretty Us much. Two clowns, yeah. I mean, right? Yeah, and here, here's hoping somebody finds it. Because okay, she this, has a lot more talent than this, we do. This is not for everybody. And guess what? The rest that we're talking about is absolutely not for everybody. This is even for less people, let's say. But if you like ambient music or if you like jazz or if you like both, then you could find something to like in Jamie Branch. Let's yeah. say that. Yeah, I mean, as listen. far as the set is, and by the way, because I've I've looked at a lot of what she does, and it's more, it's usually more jazzy, and she's credited as a jazz trumpet trump trumpeter, whatever the fuck it is, trumpeter on other jazz like records. She's got two albums out mm-hmm. where she's the lead on it, and then plenty of other albums where the trumpet on that album is her. So she's got a very wide range, and this night. The set that we saw was very jazzy and ambient. And yeah, I don't expect an accessible, melodic, no, linear night. Because, you know, yeah. like 40% of that crowd hated this set. Mm-hmm. You could just It just had zero mass appeal. Right. You know people were forcing themselves through it. 40% hated it. 30% got it and were okay with it. And then maybe like another 30% were actually right. enjoying themselves. So if you're going to go to a show like this, you know... Whatever, take some mushrooms and just know that you're mm-hmm. in for. You're not going to dance. This is something maybe you would again like uh, uh, Kyle Dixon, and Michael Sign. Perhaps you'd like eyes. to be sitting down in a chair, yeah. sitting in a chair, and uh, and just taking it in. Oh, I certainly didn't see the blonde lady from lady from earlier. No, like, she was like hiding in the why, back at this point. I don't like this. Yeah, I don't. I don't know why I. I said it like that i just that's how i imagine that she sounds when she talks like i don't like this where's your latin god um so yeah overall uh i i can't speak for the recorded music i'm not sure that that would be as enjoyable i personally if you can stand music that is uh a bit a bit free form and doesn't really follow any kind of uh formula at least not one that you can fucking follow i did not feel the sort of randomness of free jazz where it just feels like someone tootling around and playing random notes. To me, I felt like there was some sort of intention behind it. I couldn't really follow it, but I felt like she had it in her head what she was going to do. Avant-garde music is rooted in some sort of tradition. In her case, like you said, probably jazz. jazz But then playing with it expanding on it which yes you guys is experimenting but it's not just all over the place there's some sort of is more structured experiment well i don't know it's kind of tough because you call like ratatat experimental because they're mixing things you could call like Yonatan Gat's experimental because he's mixing things. Not that he's uh, see. I see him as rooted in a, a sort of like a rock tradition. Rock tradition, but he's he's jazzy rock with this Mediterranean Eastern influence to it, and because of all of that, that makes him experimental. 
which is avant-garde. When you're experimental, all of a sudden you're avant-garde because you're weird, which is why I fucking hate that term, which is something that I've I've said on this podcast before and I still stand by, you know. Of everybody we've talked about specifically, he fits the bill the most, but it's still a term that I don't like, that I don't think fits him. He's mashing together all these things. I guess to me... The reason why she's more avant-garde to me, experiment, because I, I make a, a I, I, I see a distinction between the two, is that because I could see what this was rooted in. I could see she had some sort of formula. It wasn't like just going up there and here's here's the thing, and improvising. I'm sure some of it was improvised, but I feel like the sort of layout was planned. And then I don't see that in free jazz. It was jazz. a structured improvisation, yes. which is also... In free jazz, yeah. all I see or hear, and I could be wrong, but all I hear is like, okay, there's a chord structure and they're aware of it, but they're ignoring it. They're abandoning it. Yeah, I don't it. think you're wrong, but for a lot of people, that's that's cool to them. Right. You know? So that's yeah. what I'm saying. I it's don't sort of like. The music really, I don't like. Yeah. And I know they'll come back to the root and then they do that sometimes. Um... But I felt like she always kind of had an anchor and she had a plan. Sure. Even if the plan was, okay, here I'm going to improvise. Here's this long drone and then, this oh, is by the why way, I liked her. Right I felt there. safe with her. I felt mm. like she knows. Even when I felt anxious with that bass just like coming at me, I was like, that was a planned move. And I feel like this person has direction. Direction's important to me. Mm. You know what I'm saying? For me, this is my taste. Direction is important to me. And that's why I don't like free jazz. But I really enjoyed this. However, that being said, because she does go so much outside of the box, if you are a fan of very structured music like the Jonas Brothers, You're not gonna enjoy it. you know, no. like One Direction, and you like One Direction, there's like many directions yeah. here but there is directions there, it's there just is that, music here and there yeah. is a there is a crowd for her yeah but it's not the vast majority it's yeah. hard to say uh, this is another one of those acts that we've seen where it's like if you were into this kind of thing you're really really gonna like her but if you're not she's not a good introduction to it either you know what i mean she's like yeah. you have to be into this style of music you just to even like need her. to know that you are not That's going to be into. you're not going to be made to feel comfortable right so again, it's like if you're into this kind of thing and you see Jamie Branch playing somewhere, you go see her. But otherwise, yeah, it's hard to say recommend because it's. I it recommend. Just, I would. I recommend if you are uh, unless you're basic. If, if you're if you're interested in just interesting music, that's that's really what it comes down to. Yeah, guys, you know? just experiment or avant- and actually you avant garde your life. That that kind of even fits with the main act. Who, so uh, uh, is coming on. We had some really good intermission music, mm. which I like to address now uh, ever since uh, Aaron uh, pointed out uh, this element of a show to me. I think it set a really good tune. It was world music, funk music, whatever the song Shaggy sampled for. Ooh, boy, I love you so. Yep, yep. I should have known that was a sample. It wasn't something he came up with because we heard the original, whatever it was. Um, I don't know the name of it, but people were dancing. Like, this is the most dancey it yeah. got. Uh, then we had Yonatan Gat, which you talked a little bit about. Um, but is there anything you want to add on 20. top of it? The, so, like I had mentioned, he, uh, Yonatan Gat is an Israeli guitarist, uh, experimental guitarist that is more or less, uh, 
based in Brooklyn. He will occasionally go out and do tours, but when he's not doing that, he lives full-time in Brooklyn and will do several months of just shows all around. doesn't necessarily have a residency. bit of the story behind him is he was a part of this band called Monotonics in the 2000s. And what sucks is, you know, they were in Israel and specifically Tel Aviv in the 2000s, so it's very hard to find recordings of them. But as the story goes, they were this sort of punk rock, like rock band that was just not seen around that time. So they, their shows were so rowdy for the area that they got banned from every single venue and bar in Tel Aviv. And then after that, the band broke up. And I don't know what happened to everybody else, but Yonatan decided to move out to Brooklyn and start his own thing. And what his own thing is, is very, very experimental rock with, a, and I keep saying jazz because it, it really is jazz. And it brings with him that influence from the Middle East, from Tel Aviv, from the Mediterranean that he probably grew up hearing. And I'm sure his other music is very uh, uh, influenced by. So it's very different from anything else that you're ever going to hear. And, you know, that's kind of really why I like him so much, you know? Well, I'm glad he got banned. Because uh, now he's here and we get to enjoy him. Right, because I don't know. here's what I'm saying. I'd love to find a recording for that. So if anybody out there has any kind of recording of a monotonic song or if you have some kind of vinyl for it, I, there's money available. Anyway, <laughs> <I'm willing>. uh, <laughs> I, as I was saying, um, I am glad that he got banned because who knows that he would have made it out here. Um, and uh, I have seen him twice, once with James, once with Anna, who was on the most recent episode. Uh, both times uh, a show that was played in the round, which, like we said, on the floor in a circle. And um, very, very cool. Uh, but the shows were a little bit different from each other. We'd say the first one, well, I didn't know what to expect, but uh, I felt like it noodled around quite a bit more. Uh, and the second show, maybe it was just because I had seen him once before and kind of had knew more what to expect. And it seemed like it had just a little bit more of a, I would never say it was a structured show, show but it has more structure than the first show did. Uh, but this uh, show that we saw was completely different um, from the first two shows that mm -hmm. I saw. Um, this was a concert that was very meaningful. It was not just entertainment. It had strong meaning on it so so he comes out and the first thing that that happens is he gets on the synthesizer which is right in front of me yeah i die right in front I of literally me literally sit in front of us the whole entire time it was oh cool. my god so close i could touch him but it didn't then the um and i i failed to mention this before but i had happened to see a, a native american singer you know in traditional Indian. dress just sort of stroll across the floor earlier on in the night i'm like oh he's got to be a part of things and he was he is a member of the eastern medicine singers which are a rhode island based algonquin traditional indian singing and drumming uh crew and they they essentially bring all of these Algonquin-based tribes together within the area, so between New York, Rhode Island, southern Massachusetts, they said, a bunch of uh, Connecticut, just a bunch of the, those areas there. They bring them together, and they, uh, they do ritualistic chants and the drumming and the songs that have been passed down generation to generation over the time of, of a handful of different Algonquin dialects from the area. And uh, they've been around for quite some time, and... Uh, the long and short of it is that Yonatan uh, on his last album called Universalist had made a song called Medicine, which we'll get to because they played this with them and then decided, oh, this is really cool. Let's keep going with it. Are they? So that was uh, 
the the remaining uh, uh, performers came out later. There were four of them, mm-hmm. and incidentally, when we're talking about performing in the round, mm-hmm. the part that was in the round is I noticed from the get-go that there were four folding chairs in a circle with the drum and I was like, okay, the mm-hmm. round element sort of still is still there. going to be here. Were so, these guys some in total the group, or no. are they just members of yes, it? Yes, there, okay. there was four of them had arrived for this, but from my research on there, I believe there's 10 or 12 who have just- Are they all men? No, women too. Huh. Okay. So just four. In this case, it was all men, but yes. Four four members of the group showed up. Okay. So, uh, so one, you know, one gentleman comes out and, uh, you know, he, he gets on the mic and he started singing. Honestly, I couldn't stop thinking about the fact that it looked like a fleshlight canister. Uh, I guess he, uh, he needed the mic. But uh, if I'm being honest, I sort of felt like the mic took away a bit from the traditional singing. Uh, maybe it was the microphone itself, but it was just sort of distorted. And well, no, that was Yonatan on the synthesizer in front of him that was distorting the sound. Oh, I felt like his vocals were distorted. Doing. Yeah, specifically, Yonatan was doing that oh, like, literally in front of I him. I wasn't a fan of that, but whatever, we're trying things. He came out there and he was doing a chant, uh, obviously very traditional Algonquin chant, and there was Yonatan. He was on the mic, and Yonatan was right next to him on the synthesizer, whatever you want to call it, and was sort of uh, messing with it for a solid couple minutes. Like That was like a good four minutes were, or five minutes yeah. where they were up there doing this. And, uh, you know... I wasn't a fan of that, but, uh, you know, it's hard for Yonatan Gad's reputation to not precede him. So, of yeah. course, I'm like, well, you know, this is a thing that they're doing, that they're trying out, it, and it, uh, mm-hmm. I'm going to let it go because right. I trust Yonatan Gad because I've right. seen him before. Whether you were a fan or not, it's like, you, 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 didn't, you didn't not expect I'll it. I'll put up with this because yeah. I know how he is on the yeah, guitar. Yeah, you, you did not expect it. It's like you knew some weird shit like this could happen, so mm-hmm. when it did happen, you're like, all right, cool, whatever. Now, yeah. at this point, I had a pretty good idea that it wasn't just going to be this one guy because mm-hmm. After all, there were four seats around a drum. So I was like, okay, this is going to be a group. They are called the singers, after all, mm-hmm. singers. Um, my thoughts on on, on them, this collaboration happening, and I have to be honest with you, that I, I was not aware that, that that's who this was, who mm-hmm. the instrumenters and singers were. I thought, you know, this is really something special because at least in this area, uh, this is not something you get to see very often. Uh, Native American traditions, certainly not. You in know, New York City. I mean, we see traditions of other groups. I would say, you know, certainly like the the Chinese and that sort of thing. Um, you know, these very ancient traditions, but uh, not so much the Native Americans, which are you know definitely a more marginalized and and often forgotten group, uh, which is interesting because they were here first, um, but uh, there aren't very many of them. Yeah. So well, that's the whole point of like what the Eastern medicine singers are doing, and they they collaborate with other uh, traditional Indian singers throughout all the entire country, where they mm-hmm. they'll make all of these music. And by the way, I'm gonna I'm gonna continue to say Indian and fuck anybody that gets uncomfortable with it. If you actually talk to somebody that lives on an Indian reservation, and by the way, it's also the United States Department of Bureau of Indians. It's the word that they use. 95% of people that live on those reservations prefer that you use the word Indian. Oh. It's everybody else getting offended Can I not say Native them. American? Is that offensive You can say now? whatever the fuck you want to a lot just of people. It just makes more a- sense. Actually, no, no, no. Actually, most of the people that are on these reservations will say that Native American is too inclusive, which is weird. But to them, that means that you're including... Uh, like the Aztecs and the Incans, when they're saying, no, 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 we're Indians, we're specifically the tribes that lived in the continental United States. 
I'm not going to get offended for other people for a word that is, is just easy to use. Fine. But to, to the point of uh, traditions, you know, in, in a way, it's almost like um, when I see it, and I'm not sh- I guess I feel this way whenever, anytime, I guess even when it is when I see uh, Chinese people do it, uh, you know, on the subway and that sort of thing is that. What's that instrument called? I can't remember, yeah. but they, you, you always see them playing yeah, it. But I was like. Culturally, I don't have anything unless you count my Catholicism, which goes back real far. Right. I don't really have anything like that. It's, it's called a douchey douchianquin. I'm probably pronouncing it wrong. We got okay. Call so when they're playing that, but I was yeah. like, the point is like, I don't really have anything like that in my life. I don't really identify. I mean, I yes, I I have German, Irish, Swedish blood, but these are uh, uh, English, French. Um, but these are not cultures that I specifically strongly identify with because my family has been here for so long. So really, I've always felt mostly American, but no American goes around and does like fucking traditional American, you know, dances and stuff like that, unless you're weird, do like war reenactments and stuff, not rooted in that traditional American music from that time, you know? And so it's like, that doesn't really feel like, I guess, like I said, aside from Catholicism, but I don't really connect to that that much anymore. Uh, I don't feel like I have anything like that, you know, so there always is a little bit of envy. But anyway, um, the a second man came out and uh, he was a dancer mm-hmm. uh, for a little bit and he danced and uh, Very traditional he dance. had these sort of things on his hands that looked like uh, uh, it was a, a tur- It was a turkey feather. It was a turkey wing. On both hands? Mm-hmm. Huh. So, so, uh, so then he got on the on the large drum that the circle of chairs was around with the other guy. Then we had a guy come on the drum set. Uh, I know that Jonathan said these people's names, but I didn't I catch really them. No. And the bassist, and then of course Jamie uh, joined as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then two others. So in total, there was four on the big drum in the middle. One drummer on a more traditional drum, bassist. Jamie on, I don't know, trumpets and DJ-related things. Then Yonatan with the synthesizer and playing guitar. Right. So, uh, so yeah. So, uh, but at this time, point in time in history, um, there were just the the, the two uh, Native American gentlemen, uh, Indian, whatever you, you want to say, uh, the drummer, bassist Jamie and and Yonatan uh, on the um, on the synthesizer. And then uh, Yonatan switches to the guitar, which was a double neck guitar, Played which I've yeah. never seen play live. That was really yeah. neat. And then we. Uh, s- yes, you have, because oh. Greta Van Fleet pulled one out. Oh, well, I couldn't see shit mm. too far back. So this is the first time I feel like I've really seen it. And now we could also really see what those Eva lights mm-hmm. could really do. Yeah, they started to open up. Moving and around. they were a good time, yeah. let me tell you. Was um, it was it the best we've ever seen? No, but for the for venue, that for the size space? that it was, it was very good. Oh, for, for a little it. venue, yeah, that's fantastic. the best light show I've seen in a little it's venue. Great, yeah. No lasers or anything like that. It was just lights that were moving around, changing so color good. to it, and it helped to create sort of a hypnotic um, area to it. Because again, like it, uh, being hypnotized is sort of this running theme throughout it. The psychedelic hypnotic. Uh, uh, type of music is the same thing that Jamie Branch is doing. So then when he gets on it and really starts doing it, these lights are really helping to, to get you into that mindset as the music goes on. Right, and to, and to that point it. of the hip- hypnotic uh, sense of it, 
Um, this, uh, at this point, Yonatan Gat starts soloing, and, and that's where you really start to lose yourself in this. He dove yeah. into this almost like folksy riff, which he's known to do. Like he, you know, will pull from like uh, traditional uh, Israeli music yeah. and that kind of thing. And at this point, the show became very, very, very hard to cover. Um, and that's why there's going to be, at least on my part, a lot of uh, vague uh, sort of descriptions here. Yeah. Um, this music is uh, inc incredibly easy to uh, to lose yourself in um, if you're willing to right uh, and it's it's, for me it was like hard it. not to right it was hard not to we I heard a, a a tune that sounded very familiar to me and James reminded me that this is a song Rumble mm. by Link Ray who I did not know this but he is so Link Ray is a, a guitarist from the 50s he died in 2005 but he's a uh, he played sort of instrumental rock and roll in the late 50s, and he's well known as one of the first truly great Indian musicians that came out that really broke the mainstream. Specifically, his song Rumble was the only one that ever actually charted, but he's sort of like the um, Velvet Underground, where he's one of those guys where it's just like everybody that was anybody had known of Link Ray, like the, you know, uh, Jimmy Page and Jimi Hendrix and Eddie Van Halen and. All of these guys have said Link Ray is one of the greatest guitarists of all time. And he is a Rock and Roll Hall of Famer. And he's also in the, uh, I believe it's called the Indian American or Native American Hall of Fame. Musicians Hall of Fame. He's in that as well. Yeah. So, um, so of course, it made sense for Yonatan uh, to, to uh, play this song because the Eastern Medicine Singers were there. There's that cultural connection. Also, he kills it on the guitar, but that song... And just, he played it really well. I've, I have seen it covered live before, and what's funny is this is one of those songs that I'm... I, I get it, I'm a fucking music nerd, but I really wish that more people would know this song because it, it has, it's so deeply rooted and important, specifically this song and Link Ray in total, but it's so deeply rooted and important to rock and roll as a whole that any band with a guitar in it today would not exist if not for this This specific song in Link Ray in general so it's just not given the respect that it's, that it's really deserved and to hear it played live was very very cool and I have seen it played live before once and it's again one of those things where I looked around and I feel like I've said this before on this podcast sometimes you look around and you're like damn am I the only one that gets this that understands what's going on right now and I know I sound pretentious for that but it's like I could tell that most of the crowd didn't know what they were listening to and how just how cool it was that they were playing this thing uh, uh, some certainly did. Um, this some song did. is definitely recognizable to me. Um, it's a again, it's an instrumental from the nineteen from the nineteen fifties, mm -hmm. and uh, the riff is just going dun 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 it's I mean it's so been used good. in movies a ton and uh, looking so around I noticed some of the older people in the crowd absolutely recognize this song but yeah a lot of people had no idea that this was being played and and uh, that added layer of link Ray being uh, American Indian that that is not something that I knew uh, so uh, that that was that was very cool at this point there is this thing that I do sometimes very rarely uh, where I'm seeing these elements that are like quite filial to me now number one Yonatan Gat plays the guitar amazingly so good and so does my brother but maybe not as good as Yonatan Gat but he's pretty good number two the two of them Look a lot alike. Mm -hmm. You mentioned this before too. And this they look podcast, a lot alike. Yeah. Number three, I have uh, Native American blood in me. Not a lot, like a sixteenth, but it's there. Number four, we both play the trumpet. 
and I'm looking around and I'm like, this is my fucking family. Like uh-huh, right here. Yeah. My dad would be going. And number five, my dad loves that 1950s rockabilly shit. Yeah, he, he fucking really loves this stuff, shit. Huh? Yeah. So, and then he loves the fact that David plays uh, guitar and, that, you know, and he loves the fact that I play trumpet and all this. And so sometimes when this kind of thing happens, I send an email to my dad uh, while I'm at a concert because he's really bad. He has a really shitty phone. <laughs> So I can't, texting is just pointless. You can't send anything. Well, actually, I took a video of this, and I was like, look, all of the things that you like. Uh, but the email was too big. So uh, it wouldn't send. The, the attachment was too big. So get a get a smartphone, you guys, please. Um, so, uh, yeah. Um, at this point, then, I think we are probably at Medicine. Yes. Yes, okay. So Medicine uh, is a song that... He released, it was the first collaboration that he did with the Eastern uh, Medicine Singers, and this is off of his album, Universalist, which he dropped in 2018. Uh, it's sort of about halfway through, and it was definitely one of the, like, it, it's uh, amongst his, uh, it's his number two most uh, streamed song on Spotify, so, which again, it's like, it's all under 70,000, but it, it became a very popular song very quick, and it opens with that uh, Algonquin chant that he starts with, and it has that drum that they continue the whole way through and this drum the way they do it uh this continues a hypnotic theme to all of this because the way they beat along the drum and their chance of it really really draws you in and then his so it's sort of like where that is the hypnotism behind it and then his guitar over it is the psychedelia that's sort of leading you down all these weird paths as you're already deep in your own thoughts and hypnotized to it so it became a very popular song very quick, and it's sort of what sprung uh, this whole collaboration with the Eastern Medicine Band that he's doing right now, where he's touring with them. And in fact, uh, I, I don't know if I mentioned this earlier, and we'll probably mention it again, he did sort of let slip that he's making an album with them currently, and it's going to release pretty soon, which is cool, and I'm really, really looking forward to it. Uh, here's my take on that song, after your take. Um, great trumpet work on this song. And, uh, you know, it seemed religious, really. But then I guess yes. what Native American song, like, doesn't sound religious to me. I mean, are there any Native American secular songs about, like... I don't know. Link Ray might order it in them. About banging or drugs, like... Peyote. Peace yeah, I peyote. Peyote. Peace I peyote. Chase a pelt. Never chase it. Oh, got to stop there. Uh, we might make it big, Edit and then they'll be like, "Do you know what they said in uh-huh. episode twenty-four? Whatever yeah, the fuck this is. Do you know yeah, what we're they said? Get canceled in twenty twenty-two about chasing Sasquatches. Ugh. Just wait. Cancel them. Anyway, I can still say things like that because we don't, you know. Yeah, don't delete that. Fuck it. I'm leaving it. Uh, we'll just be like, we 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 uh, re- regret what we We've said changed. back then. We've, We've changed. changed. We've since yeah. rethought our views. <laughs> I am more respectful now of that one sixteenth uh, Sue and me. Um, no, but I feel like I truly, you know, all joking aside, I feel like Native American music is like ninety nine percent profound and very little, if at all, any sort of trivial matters. These, the, everything they sing the about is important. It's important. I mean, it's also in another language, so it's not like we know what the fuck they're singing about. Okay. <laughs> okay, but to uh, let me get when we get to the end, I'm going to reiterate this point. Fair. When I didn't know what was being said, but 
So then at this point, uh, Yonatan incorporated these sort of, for lack of a better way of me, of me putting it, is these sort of cascading waterfall, like audio waterfall type guitar riffs that I love about Yonatan Gat. And I don't have it on recording, but that's the only I can describe it. You know when he does that? It's like, he's like, he does that. And I love that. He's trailing skills that he does. It's really, really cool. You can hear it on the album to understand what we're getting at. Uh, there was, uh, I, uh, I can't ID any of these songs, but there was this uh, pretty ballad after that also sounded very 1950s. Uh, maybe that was Casino. It was Casino, so the one after that. So uh, we're going to say Casino, but it's not quite that. So the first, the song, uh, his most popular song is known as Casino Cafe. That came off that first album, uh, Director. And so that's been his most popular song for the longest time. And so then off the second album, Universalist, he released the song Fading Casino, which takes the same uh, musical motif from Casino Cafe and just does different things with it. And so this one was like a third version of it now to include the Eastern Medicine Singers and with more to it. But I still heard that same motif for it. So my suspicion is that when this next album drops with the Eastern Medicine Singers, he's going to have another song with that same motif. And considering the uh, with because they're all instrumental, so it's just the motif that you're looking for. There's no lyrics or whatever to look for. But in both of the names of these songs, Casino is involved. So my suspicion is that in the third album, there's going to be a song Casino something with that motif to it so i'm just gonna say anytime i hear that it's casino uh, uh again uh quite fine trumpet work here jamie whatever uh. screw that it's a great like guitar piece i i will say i don't know if i really dropped this much but i've been playing guitar since i was seven i'm not any good or else i'll be playing music instead of talking about it but anyway at least understand the mechanics behind it and it is uh one of the most beautiful riffs i've heard in, in quite some time uh, and just the, the musicianship behind it and the talent that it takes and the improvisations and, and uh, uh, soloing that he does over this. I'm not this saying that doesn't really exist. Moving. I'm not saying that doesn't I exist. I just have to say that and get that out of my system. It's, it just, but, the, but, yeah. but, but the trumpet work was quite fine in my eyes. And it's like it goes without saying that Yonatan Gatt's guitar work is exquisite. Stellar. It goes without saying, but we know that. But I did not expect this level of um, uh, just level of ability, talent, uh, excellence on the trumpet because I didn't really see it when she did her solo mm, set. She's doing sort of like she really thing. brought out yeah. what her talent and what she was capable of more and more. You know, certainly in medicine, and then even more so in this song which we're calling casino or, you know, variations on the theme of right. casino, a variation. Um, it's a good way to put it. I actually. was quite, I was quite impressed uh, with her work on that. Um, at this point, Yonatan got sang a bit in Hebrew, I mm, guess. He, yeah. he sings a little bit, never much in a show, but a bit. Yeah, and a bit on his albums, too. There's yeah. one or two songs per album where he'll just throw that in, and it's usually looping. And yeah. again, it adds to the sort of... Uh, uh, hypnotic hypnotic uh, ver- quality yeah, to right, it. Yeah, right, exactly. Yeah. Again, um, you know, so we had Jamie on the trumpet. At this point, my body was just doing things I didn't even quite understand. Yeah, because at this point, I was lost in it. it yeah. My hands were doing weird things. I mean, listen, you guys, I wasn't like laying on the floor and pushing myself around in a circle or anything like that. But it was certainly not dancing in a, a sort of rhythmic way. It was kind yeah. of all over the place. What's because crazy. that's I was just allowing myself to go with it. But the reason that that was happening is at this point in the show, and I don't know if you remember this, there was 
this amount of musical tension that was almost mm-hmm. fucking just unbearable. Building, yeah, it just kept time. going. So yeah. much tension. Oh it was my really lord! Building up and, and I will say I, I, they released it in the in the last song of the set, which is next after this. Right, you're yes. right. This was the second to the last second song to last. where this so tension really built this up. Building tension. What's crazy? So before we get into that, because that last song is very much a release for it, where I was throwing myself yeah. around. It almost felt like I was in Matt and Kim for that last song. Not quite, but, but are you going to say something about this? Yeah, it was. Uh, that's that moment where it's like I looked at it and I I've seen videos of these people that are in fucking like the Rajneesh Purim cult where they're like eyes closed swaying back oh that was me and just like and for a moment there I'm like oh that's why that happens that's what happened like that that happened to you but this guy did it to you instead of like a musician that's just trying to entertain you this guy was able to get you into the same state that I'm in right now but he did it for his profit the difference was was an ulterior motive right and Yonatan Gat got me to there just because it's the music that he made and that was like the and and I kind of when I first saw him too I had a a similar moment to this but it's like this one time where I'm like whoa these are the people that like think they speak tongues and close their eyes and are like just saying it for an hour and a half just saying whatever the fuck and they think they just talk to god because they got hypnotized by something yeah and this music will do it that did that to me and that was that this song and those those several minutes because we're only gonna we talk about about six songs and he has plenty out there but this is one of those things where it's again very jazz and very improvisational and something like that where he really probably played six songs but they were long songs with a lot going on on them you know this was just a fucking lot it was a fucking lot and so so that song wrapped up and it was just kind of like almost like I felt a sense as much as I was like respected the ability to create so much tension in the room admittedly I felt a huge sense of relief that that yeah. song was over because I was like I just can't take this, this anymore catharsis with the I last can't song. do this yeah. anymore and so thankfully at the end we got an accessible rock beat which do we know the name of what song um, it was I feel like played? I should but no I don't quite this was an, this is probably one of the more accessible songs this was sort of like a song where it's like some dudes on the reservation again because we do have the Eastern Medicine Singers here uh, discovered rockabilly yeah, it's yeah. like that's what it what it sounded like it was just a straight up like had a sort of uh, 1950s but you know somewhat modernized yeah, right. but uh, with a rockabilly uh, feel to it was just sort of like the, uh, the the foundation of it and the only dance you could really do to it was just sort of throwing your body along with it you know what I mean so it was a very good catharsis for everything it was very doing. good after that build yeah. now do you, have you anything- can tell he really knows what he's doing if he's built if he's building something like that and he's got this whole long set going on this whole yeah. song was probably about an hour and then the last song was probably the last six or seven and again so. to me this so was, is this is why he for me classifies as avant-garde sure. as opposed to experimental he ex- probably experiments in the studio experiments at home but when he gets to the show he much, does you know? you know he i'm sure he does improvise on stage but it feels like there's a plan yeah. there's some sort of plan there's some sort of intention in terms of this is the 
the mood. This is the mood I want to create. This is the journey I want to take people on. This is the emotional journey I want them to have. I want them to feel at first curious, which is how he started out the set with the sort of strange, uh, you know, synth stuff and and, and messing with the uh, the singer's voice on the microphone and then going into something that feels sort of familiar and making people feel comfortable and then getting to a, a point where he has us drop in with medicine and then getting to us to a point you know in casinos but getting us to a point where we feel uncomfortable very uncomfortable and then giving us that release that's a thing there's a fucking it's weird and it doesn't follow a basic song structure but there's a fucking plan and you know what for me that's the i need i don't need everything to be laid out to me and like a b a, B, C, A, B, yeah. but I don't need that. I know a lot of people do need yeah. that. It's very <laughs> important for some people to have a very... Just, just have some kind of plan towards the end game at Disney Star Wars looking at you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't think you even saw the last I one. I know did I didn't, but I've heard... fucking sense. But I've, like, heard, an, I've heard enough to where I'm like, I don't need to God. experience it. To... Like at least Marvel had some kind of plan through the whole thing. That The whole Disney Star Wars just made no sense. So think of it like this. Yeah, Yoda Tankad is way more like Marvel than it is Disney Star Wars. It's going to be real confusing. Oh, it's not nearly as accessible no, as Marvel. Not. But in the fact that it's like it's going to seem real weird at times, but when you get to the end you're like, "Oh, that's that." That that's was the plan. Was. That was so, the plan. I I just, you know, I yeah. doubt I doubt he's listening, but were he yeah. to be, I want to say Mr. Gat, thank you for having a plan. Yes. Thank you for taking us on a journey. That's very important to me. Now, if you have nothing else to say about that song, well, nothing else to say about the song. If we're at the end, then I would like to gush over Yonatan for another minute or okay, two. Okay, well, there's one more thing that we have to add Go that on. happened after the song. So you were talking about, well, we don't know what they're saying, speaking another language. Mm. So at the end, one of the gentlemen in the center said a prayer, English, which a part yeah. of me was kind of hope. First, he said it in his native language, mm-hmm. Algonquin, is that how we say it? Yeah, it should be. Well, it's like uh, dialects of Algonquin. Okay, yeah. so, so part of me was just kind of, he'd be like, Hope y'all had a good time. Mm-hmm. Why don't you go out and get some chicken wings after you're uh-huh. done? Get a nice sleep. But of course, uh-uh. it was like after he said it in his native language, he's said in English. And guess what it was, you guys? It was like thanking the earth yeah, for being thank, so thank, beautiful. Thank you to the creator. Thank you to the creator. And, yeah. The waterfalls. So it was very deep yeah. and religious. I'm like, because of course it is because what Native American content is not. And it was just like to toward the end of this, you, you really just felt like, it was like a bizarrely religious it experience. It absolutely it. felt yeah. religious, and yeah. I had no problem with that. Right. I had no problem. I didn't feel like it was being pushed down my throat mm. or whatever. It was just people experiencing their traditions and sharing them with me, and I loved that. And I felt included. I felt like even though I'm not a part everybody. of this tribe, yeah. I feel like I can be a part of this for this night. They don't. It's not like there you, wasn't this element of this is for us. It's not for you. you there wasn't you, a separatism. It was like we were all one of involved. This crazy thing that. Uh, uh, you know, Catholic masses, the the old uh, incense that they used to use is really like salvia and marijuana and shit. So there's like proof that essentially old Catholics, they were getting in these deep trances because they were essentially breathing in a pot and be this extremely powerful hallucinogen. And so I feel like Yonatan Gat was able to wait, get us wait, to James. feel like that without that. You know, it was just the music that he used. That. That uh, thing you just told me about, uh-huh. that tactic, yeah, that's dope. 
Yeah, it's kind of cool. Get it's, it? It's dope. It's, it's pretty dope. Because dope <laughs> means womp womp. <laughs> womp. We understand if you just unsubscribed and never want to listen again. <laughs> I always gotta good, have at least one good dad joke pun. In there. Good pun, Marlia. Um. So before you, but yes, yes, it felt it. It did feel that way before you just go into a general gush session. Because mm, I'm gonna have. I want to say that the the show ended. And then at this point, James wanted to get a copy of the new album. I did, yeah. And I so we went to too. the merch table, mm-hmm. and who was there but Mr. Gat himself? Mm-hmm. Because he's uh, an earthy, uh, friendly, accessible, accessible kind of guy. Yep. He's not a diva. He sh- he could be based on how well he plays guitar and the kind of music he makes, but he's not. He's uh, like Jesus, mm. and that he'll. <laughs> He will come out and talk to you. Yeah. Uh, I think he might be Jesus. Yeah, right. Um, the new Messiah. But uh, yeah, so he was there and, uh, you know, sold you an album. Uh, and I will be pleased to say that I guess he remembered me from earlier in the night and did not resent the picture taking because he looked me in the eye and he gave me the most warm, genuine smile, and I couldn't help but smile back and shake his hand with both of my hands, by the way. Mm, I did the two-handed mm. shake, and I was like, I really don't have words other than I am so grateful for your performance yeah. tonight. And he got it, and there was that part of me who was like, I want a picture, yeah. but I didn't do it, and that's okay. Yeah. Because uh, that moment was enough, and also I already have a picture. Yeah, well, and, and that's kind of what it comes down to, and this is this is now going to be my spiel on it. And okay. Like, listen, this music is not for everybody. We've just been gushing over it, and because it's not for everybody, we're going to sound kind of pretentious. It, this is the kind of music where you got to get it, and I'm not going to say that if you don't like it, then you don't get it, or if you don't get it, then you're wrong, whatever. This is music that I like. I really wish I could make people understand why – what he does is so important to me and like why it's something that I really like so much, but I just can't. So what I will say is there's just absolutely nobody else that I've listened to that in the world right now making music like this. It's just so interesting and so different to me. And it's a mesh of genres that uh, you don't really expect to work together. I kind of thought about it. I almost I realized that the reason I like him is along the same lines that I like Ratatat, which is a far more accessible uh act so listen to ratatat and then if you like them and you want to get a little weirder then check out yonatan because it's the same thing it's this mesh of genres that don't really shouldn't work but it's very free form it's experimenting with things and not just experiment because a lot of times you hear experimental music and it's just oh you're just trying to be weird for being weird's sake it's not it's this is experimenting and going hey we're trying this out and guess what it does fucking work you know, and it, and every time he gets up there and I listen to his albums and when I see him live, it, to me, it just works. And I'm already a sucker for anything psychedelic. And not only is he psychedelic, he's perfectly hypnotic. And it's just something that really drives me into it like trance music will do. I'm going to see Armin Van Buren in, in like two weeks. So it's sort of along those lines, but it's, it's even deeper for me into this. It, it's better than any kind of trance that I've ever heard before. So I, I, I really wish people would just give it a shot and maybe you'll like it, but I understand if you don't. Uh, we're running out of battery life, so we really need to wrap this up. We have 8%, which means we have probably about three minutes before oh, we're just cut off. Okay, yeah. So I would like to get in my uninterrupted uh, spiel about Yonatan Gat. 
I love this guy to death as well. Uh, and the thing that I like about him so much is the uh, intentionality of what he does. Um, that this is uh, all very, as experimental as it is, it's all very well thought out. And I feel like he truly makes an effort to connect with his audience, but in a way that's sort of unexpected. Um and uh, what's interesting is that as uh, off the, the beaten track as he is, it's almost as if he's like, no, I can go further. I'm going to collaborate with the Eastern Medicine mm-hmm. Singers. And I, I just, you know, he's he's a young guy. Not young, young. He's like 40s, I think. But uh, I really look forward to uh, where he's going to go with his music in the future. I, I will continue on this journey with him. Um, we hope you do, too. So I think we can uh, we can wrap up this show because uh, again I don't want to run out of battery here. Um, but we we could do a Twitter question, yeah. Yeah, Twitter question. Um, who? What is uh, an act that you that you get that most people don't get, and that you really wish you could explain to people why they're good? That's a fair one. Right. Uh, I'll try and word that better when I uh, text it out. But before that, uh, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and look for us on Reddit at High Decibels Pod for clips, picks, discussions, and more. Also, look for us on Spotify, SoundCloud, and Apple Podcasts, and subscribe, po- follow, rate, and review. Uh, we're going to outro with the song Medicine by Jonas Ant Gat, along with the Eastern Medicine Singers. And by the way, before we go, rest in peace, Neil Peart. Uh, very sad to hear that. And I'm going to have to take that off the bucket list, unfortunately. Uh, okay, guys. So this has been another episode of High Decibels Podcast. Thank you so much for listening with us. And we will talk to you soon.